0: everybody welcome to the hidden gems podcast this is a show where we talk about streaming services and some hidden gems that you can find on those services it's a lot of fun we do it every friday and i'm film critic rachel wagner and ryan is here
1: hey rachel it's great to be back with you once again it's always a privilege and uh i'm just this is one of those periods where i'm just surprisingly happy with how my life is going not to say that it's I'm a pessimist per se, but it just, sometimes there's parts where it's like, I'm in like a deep valley, but Mm -hmm. there are other times where I'm in a massive peak. Like when I was out there with you or when I was, you know, doing this and the other thing, I feel like I'm at a peak right now.
0: And
1: I, I feel like a lot of things are going my way. Let's, uh, I, I, the, the the pessimist side of me is like uh, just wait for the other shoe to drop but I'm I'm not gonna do that 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 was high school me I'm gonna be different now
0: well that's good to hear I I feel like I'm just in this sort of weird mode where I'm in trying to get ready for this trip I have coming in August and so it's just overwhelming and I have so much to do so I'm very busy but it's like it's almost like busyness waiting for things to get exciting, if that makes sense.
1: <laughs> no, no, I, I yeah. absolutely know what you're talking about. And I, I honestly hope you're excited. I mean, you're going to literally the Christmas convention. Yeah,
0: go to it's Christmas like, Con.
1: It's like you and Mick Foley are like <laughs> <eating> Christmas.
0: <laughs> yes, and I'm determined that I'm not going to get sick. Uh, so I'm doing everything I can to not get sick at Christmas con, uh, because I have the next weekend, I have the HCA TV awards and I'm really looking forward to that too. So it's just all kinds of exciting.
1: You know, at my day job just today, uh, my, uh, uh my boss's wife, who's a volunteer, she, uh, she comes up to my desk and she was like, uh, it's now time to start preparing for Christmas. And I'm like, <laughs> it's july and, and i'm living in my world <laughs> I, and i didn't say that but i in my head i was like it's freaking july what are we doing? but working at a nonprofit for single mothers and families christmas is a very big deal so it's a literal event that you have to prepare for like months in advance so yeah despite no, my true. exasperation there is a genuine level of oh crap it's about that time of year again
0: yeah, I mean, with Hercules podcast, we never stopped talking about Christmas and Christmas movies and things like that. But, uh, but it does, uh, our, our actual like, preparation for the season will start in, in August, getting kind of ready, thinking about who we want to interview, what we want to do. Um, last year was really hard because they didn't release the slate until almost a week before it started. So that really hurt our planning. Hopefully they won't do that to us this year.
1: You know, considering we'll the see. fact that you have literally a podcast network dedicated to Hallmark, they would have like spotted you something in like October. You think? Kind of, <laughs> kind of like uh, you didn't hear this from me, but uh, <laughs> there you go. Something's in your inbox.
0: You yeah, know. right. Exactly. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're not talking about Hallmark today. Although I do have one Hallmark movie. Uh, why don't you tell everybody listening what we're
1: talking about today? We're talking about Peacock and this is a pretty bad name for a (laughs) stream. I think we can all universally agree on that, but they've added a lot of stuff since the last episode that we've done so Mm -hmm. far and a lot of stuff that I did not expect to see on here, but it's really, really something else.
0: Yeah. And two of mine are original new 2022 releases that are already on there. And one, it was an exclusive just to Peacock, I believe. Um, so they're getting original content on there. There really is a lot going on at Peacock. They've got the live sports that you can watch. Uh, like when the Indy 500 was going on, that's where I watched it was on Peacock. And the Olympics are on there. Um, a lot of other sports. I think they have a lot of
1: golf and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, they do. I, uh, I remember when the British Open was on yes. recently, they, uh, they had all full coverage of that.
0: Yes, uh, I remember seeing the ads for that, at least. Uh, and you can get the... Uh, I get it free with my Comcast subscription. But you can get... I think they have a, a an ad version and a not-ad version, I believe. So there's lots of stuff on there. But why don't you go first, your first pick from Peacock?
1: Well, before I do that, I wanted to mention that this month, they're actually getting their exclusive... Uh, there's an exclusive movie coming there. Uh, they slash them, which is oh. something that looks pretty interesting. It's from Blumhouse and it stars mm-hmm. Kevin Bacon. It's about a, uh, it's about a, um, it's about a, um, it's about a camp. It's uh, like, it's like a, like I don't know how to say this. It's like a gay camp. Oh, like, uh, or-
0: like a conversion.
1: Yeah, like, yeah. I, and, I, and I don't mean to be disrespectful, I just, I don't know how to call a camp like that, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a gay camp, and the slasher mm-hmm. movie takes place in the camp, and it's like, I find it ironic that Kevin Bacon's in it, because he was actually in the first Friday the 13th, and he dies mm-hmm. in that movie, mm-hmm. so it's a nice full circle moment there. Yeah,
0: well, like I said, one of mine is also a uh, a Peacock original, so we'll talk about that, but yeah they have some good stuff that uh, that they that are exclusive at least to um peacock so it's worth yeah. i think a worth a subscription especially if you if you don't mind the ads uh
1: yeah then. it's uh, it's allowing me to watch all the wwe stuff for four dollars less a month so that's mm-hmm. a double plus right there yeah there you but, go uh, but my first choice is a movie from 2017 and i have said Ever since I've seen it, that this is the best shark movie since Jaws. Nothing else has truly come close. It's mm-hmm. called The Shallows. This was this movie stars Blake Lively as a surgeon who is on vacation, just trying to get away from it all for a bit. She gets in a she gets in an accident where her surfboard breaks, and she's basically stuck on this reef in the middle of this in the middle of the sea, and there's a hungry shark about and He's not going away anytime soon. You know, Jaws kind of broke the shark movies, the the shark movie subgenre because every shark movie that has come out will inevitably be compared to the first Jaws, and even the Jaws sequels pale in comparison. So it's automatically at a handicap there. But I like the direction they went with it, kind of doing a doing a survival kind of thing. It's like Gravity, but not in space, but in the sea and with a shark instead of well the vacuum of space this movie stars blake lively and i and actually i'm i'm a fan of her performance here because you just get enough knowing about her going in to where you're on board with hoping she makes it out of this but then when it gets you get thrown into the shark stuff it's like immediate this movie i think is just about an hour 45 it's, not even that it's just under 90 minutes so you get enough character to where you know who she is you know what she's going through and then straight into the shark stuff so this pacing is pretty nice it's pretty light and breezy it sounds a bit weird for a shark movie but it's pretty light in terms of timing the movie knows exactly what it's doing in that regard and like i said jaws is like great like god tier shark movies but this is a this is a close second in terms of quality
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i like this movie i'm a big uh, shark movie fan uh and this that year there was this and uh 47 meters down which i liked both of them i thought they were both good i'm one of the few who seem to enjoy both Uh, uh but yeah this this it gets a little kind of ridiculous by the end with her lighting it on fire and i don't just everything that that happens but i still thought it was entertaining throughout i certainly enjoyed it way more than something like the meg which was just to me actually quite boring (laughs) um this I, i i it has its tension uh it's well shot uh you know it's a small movie but i think it it
1: works it's good i mean to be fair though the ending of jaws i mean I mean, Brody literally shoots an oxygen tank with a rifle, and it blows up. So yeah, uh, that's true. Let's not throw stones at <laughs> the glass house and all of that.
0: Yeah, that's fair, but uh, but I guess I give it. I am forgiving because that was 1978. Oh, um, yeah, I believe. That's,
1: that, that's fair.
0: <laughs> but but uh, but yeah, I, I like this movie a lot. I think uh, she she manages to uh hold her own on the screen she's the only practically the only person in the whole uh whole movie and i really like the way they do text messages on this that it actually the the it's very clever the way they do it so
1: yeah i have kind of a soft spot for movies that take place in like it's like disaster Mm -hmm. not disaster movies but like survival movies that take place in one primary area yeah that's why well that's why i'm really looking forward to that movie fall coming out in a couple of weeks it's about the two girls that that climb up the cell tower and they have to get down with like no assistance i've heard that i'm secretly hoping that movie's good because that teaser trailer gives me the Mm heebie-jeebies like i'm not i'm not afraid of heights i can tolerate them but just seeing that tower and seeing those girls on there i'm just like Oh damn! Okay. You get- <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and I'm excited for Roar. I think that's what it's called, the Lion movie oh,
1: with Idris that, Elba.
0: Yeah, that looks pretty pretty fun. I think.
1: I mean, Idris Elba is a pretty easy sell for me. I'm a mm-hmm. I'm a fan of that man, and he's got two movies coming out in August. It's Roar and Roar and Three Thousand Years Alonging Longing from George Miller. Uh, oh. Oh yeah, that's going out in in August. Yeah, end of August. Oh, cool. Idris Elba Tilda Swinton. Uh, Idris Elba is a genie. That's something I did not know that I needed, but (laughs) I'm so glad we're getting.
0: Cool, good, yeah, I'm too. I I for some reason I thought that wasn't coming up for a while, so that's good to hear. Uh, Well, my first pick is a local film, but it's actually a low. It's a Utah-made version of Pride and Prejudice from 2003. And it's a pretty good uh, little low-budget comedy. Um, it stars Cam Haskin and Orlando Seals, the name. And uh, it's set here in Utah. And so there's a, there's some kind of local jokes, Mormon jokes, things like that. But uh, but for the, anybody can watch it and enjoy it. And I do think their take on Mr. Collins is pretty funny. And he's like this kind of... Uh, He's this—he's this, he's this um, college student who's desperate to get married, trying to find his eternal companion. And uh, um, anyway, I thought it was it was funny. And uh, considering we just got a not very good version of Persuasion, and there's so many bad versions of Pride and Prejudice, uh, this is a, a small version that's actually pretty funny, pretty funny.
1: You know, I'm not really that big of an Austin snob, so I wouldn't know. But uh, there's bad versions of Pride and Prejudice. Oh my gosh!
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a lot of versions that like claim to be Pride and Prejudice, but then they actually have like almost nothing to do with the actual story. Uh, I mean, it's particularly on Hallmark Channel. There was like one called "There Was Pride and Prejudice and Mistletoe," and it literally had nothing to do with Pride and Prejudice. It was just like the names. And uh, and then there, they did another one called Christmas at Pemberley Manor. Again, just of the names. It has nothing to do with the movie itself. Has nothing to do with Pride and Prejudice. I'm like, why are you doing that? It makes me crazy. What did you th-
1: What did you think of Pride and Prejudice and zombies?
0: I actually had fun with it. I enjoyed it.
1: <laughs> really, I would yeah. have never imagined that you could <laughs> like that. It was
0: kind of fun to see. Are, I mean, that's the thing is i'm actually not a traditionalist i don't think you have to be super faithful to the book necessarily but like i feel like you have to be faithful to it in spirit like you can have it in a different setting you can have it in a different time but i should be able to recognize okay this is pride and prejudice like they just did a movie called fire island uh which has is the pride and prejudice story bare bones loosely adapted but like the main beats are there. Uh, But it's set in Fire Island, and it's a gay uh, LGBTQ story, Uh, and that worked for me. Uh, It's very mature, not so. If you don't like mature content, it's not for you. But anyway, um, I'm not a true—I'm not somebody that doesn't like adaptations. But I think it should at least be the story, and it should at least have something to do, not just be the names. I don't know. Makes me crazy when homework does that. They had another one called *Sense and Sensibility* and *Snowman*, and it had nothing to do with *Sense and Sensibility*. Literally, even the uh, they got the names wrong for like the high-spirited sister they named Eleanor, and the uh, the the more gentle-natured sister they named Marianne. Which it anyway, but this one is actually pretty fun.
1: Right. So, uh, so my next choice is a movie from 2012. And this is a movie that got dunked on quite a bit, but for some strange reason, I just, I've kind of, I, I like the idea of it and I like it in practice. It's called man on a ledge. Uh, This tells Mm -hmm. the story of a former cop played by Sam Worthington, who was framed for a crime that he did not commit. And so after getting out of prison, he, well, goes to the biggest one of the biggest hotels in New York and gets out on the ledge and plans to, well, seemingly to jump. However, there's something else going on as his brother and an accomplice are committing a diamond heist and getting back at the guy who framed him. I remember when this came out, uh, I wasn't really big into reviews at the time. I just saw this premise and I saw this cast and I was like, there's potential here. I like this. and I don't know that attitude is always stuck with me throughout and no one really loves this movie. It like is a bit of a strong term also, but I don't know. I like this idea. I like how, how this man stands on the ledge distracting the police while this heist is going on without their knowledge. I like that. I like the spirit of that. And also Mm -hmm. I like the idea of how like, it's pretty much in the, ball, the balls in the court of the people who framed the cop because the cop could either tell him everything and then jump or just jump. And then the cops will be like, say, so, hey, this guy who just jumped, he may have known you for something. Care to explain? So like, it's, the, it's the must-lose situation for the, uh, for the guy who do, does the framing. There's, it's actually quite, quite good. Uh, Sam Worthington's in this. Elizabeth Banks is in this, Jamie Bell is in this, and even Ed Harris is in this as the main villain, if my memory serves. I may be wrong on that, but Anthony Mackie is also in this as well. And this was one of my first intros to him before he would become Captain America and and Falcon and all of that. So like I said, I have a soft spot for this one. It's not the greatest ever, but it's a solid little thriller that I think uses this premise for about as well as you might imagine Mm
0: -hmm. yeah i remember when it came out everybody was saying that uh, the uh that hollywood needed to work harder on titles because they had (laughs) we bought a zoo and man on a ledge and there were a couple others like that
1: (laughs) i remember when i remember when we bought a zoo came out i was like that's like the most literal title i've ever i've ever read yeah
0: (laughs) Uh, I haven't seen it so that's interesting all right um, my next choice is uh, also about heists kind of <laughs> it's called the bad guys and it came out this year and now it's on peacock uh, this is from dreamworks and what's some really cool things about this movie is the animation is just absolutely beautiful and I guess it's based on these books kids books but, uh, but I loved the, uh, the style of the sort of the hybrid 2D CG animation. looked beautiful. And I also loved the fact that it was actually set in LA and there were like noticeable landmarks in LA. You don't have that often in an animated film. Usually they're, if they are set in a city, that's usually a, a made up city like San Francisco. Usually you don't get an actual... There's a few, like kind of one Dalmatians or or, uh, the Aristocats, but not very many Oliver and Company that are actually set in like real cities that we know. And so this was kind of neat. And the action, the car chases were just absolutely outstanding. So good. So well done. Uh, I thought it was pretty funny. I enjoyed it. I liked the characters. It's not like the most original script I've ever seen. Like you... Basically, know what's going to happen from the beginning to the end. There's no real surprises, but I didn't mind that because I was being entertained in so many other ways. The music was really good. Uh, the voice acting, you know, Sam Rockwell, uh, Aquafina, Craig Robinson, uh, great, so great a uh, voice cast, and I just thoroughly enjoyed it. It's still one of my favorite movies of the year.
1: Yeah, I've yet to review this one, but I want to review it before the end of the year because this was this was brilliant. I did not expect it to be this good, but it was really good. And I'm glad that Pixar like did this because it's gotten them out of the boss dreamworks lump that they've been in.
0: You mean DreamWorks?
1: What did I say?
0: You said Pixar.
1: Oh shoot. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's okay. DreamWorks. I'm yeah. glad dreamworks did this it's, it's yes. got them out of the slump that they've been since like boss baby and that whole crap and that whole yeah. thing it's, yeah like you said it's definitely a story we've seen before the villain who who like grows a heart of gold we've seen something like nightmare before christmas immediately springs to my head but i like how like i like the the visual metaphor of what happens when like when Sam Rockwell's like, like the tale just goes crazy and he's like, like, I like, I like that. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like the spirit of that. And I like, I like the message too, just because something looks good doesn't mean that is good. And that's, I'm trying to make that not a spoiler, but I mean.
0: Well, and it's just really nice when you have a story about family and, you know, you make your own families. And uh, so I I think that's always uh you know a nice message to have and you're right about dreamworks they really needed it after a rough couple of years.
1: Yeah and I'm not going to lie I did not think I'd like more of DreamWorks's output than Pixar's output this year, but I mean that's that's the time we're living in. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like last year I enjoyed more of DC's stuff than Marvel stuff, but I have not seen all of Marvel stuff from last year. So take that with a pinch of salt
0: mm-hmm. yeah uh so what's your next pick
1: so my next choice is from 2010 and it is called the other guys uh this starred will Farrell and mark Wahlberg. they're basically the cops <laughs> you call last like they're like they're basically the desk guys but they long to be more uh, will ferrell's character is definitely the bookworm of the two and mark Wahlberg was a bigger deal but Something happened involving a relatively famous New York Yankee, especially in recent Yankees history. Uh-huh. Someone who wears the number two, that he gets the nickname Yankee Clipper. So, and 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 he was severely demoted. So they get onto a lead of which this basically this Elon Musk type named David Urshan played by Steve Coogan perhaps might be doing something potentially illegal with his company and so they start to probe however there is resistance within the department this is definitely this is definitely a comedy it's definitely a spoof of like cops going up against corrupt stuff but i i don't know i just i really enjoyed this one there's a very funny fake out with the rock and samuel l jackson they're two characters in this and I won't spoil it if you all haven't seen it, but their couple of scenes together are really funny. They maximize the minutes that the that this crew had with those two. Uh, Michael Keaton is in it. He's always a lot of fun, and just learning more about these detectives and these little wrinkles that they have is quite fun. Like mm-hmm. Will Ferrell, his character is is pretty much like the most bookwormy cop you could ever ask for. Like they pretty much give him a wooden gun. Like that's how much of a desk jockey he is. But his wife in the movie is played by Eva Mendez and Eva Mendez is gorgeous. I, I'm That's probably the coldest take in history, but Eva <laughs> Mendez is gorgeous. Yeah. And, and one of the movie's biggest jokes is that this bookish dude played by Will Ferrell managed to land the smoking hot Eva Mendez as his wife. And there's a hilarious scene near the end where where the big operation's about to go down and Will Ferrell wants to say goodbye to his wife one last time, and but they can't see each other because you know surveillance potentially. And so Eva Mendez's mom in the movie goes back and forth between the two of them and the communications get dirtier and dirtier and dirtier. <laughs> I can't this is a family show so i won't <laughs> hear but it is hysterical and so at the end of the day i this is one of those comedies that i just remember seeing scene from, like all right yeah that's really good
0: yeah i i feel like i've seen that it's been a while but i remember thinking it that it was funny uh, that it was it was well done
1: yeah, there's a, there's a particularly funny scene or, well, it's kind of darkly funny, but there's a funny scene where Mark Wahlberg, he, he had a really bad falling out with his girlfriend and his girlfriend moved on seemingly and is doing this dance class and, and like storms in on this dance lesson. And we find out that Mark Wahlberg's character, was a very tough, you know, New York City cop, he can do ballet. And we find out that the reason why he learned to do ballet to begin with was to make fun of a bully that, that he, uh, that was calling him twinkle toes. So it was a bit of reverse psychology. I like mm-hmm. that. I like the spirit yeah. of that.
0: that sounds, yeah. I remember that. That was funny. That's good. All right. Well, my next pick is, uh, another crime movie. It's just it's on the brain this, uh, for both of us, this, uh, uh, this week but uh, I have the Peacock exclusive uh, the uh, the outfit I think it did get a theater release but as far as streaming I think it's exclusive to Peacock and normally I'm not a big mafia movie person like I respect the films I think they're really well made but just not like my favorite but this uh, it was a it is a very clever script I really enjoyed it, it has some big surprises some twists that really worked uh, and uh, it's most of the time it's just uh, Mark Rylance's character who's this tailor uh, in this room with these mobster guys uh, he's he's the tailor for the mob and there's a, uh, uh, a pigeon as a squeal um, somebody uh, turned I and, uh, and the, so they go back and forth between uh, Dylan O'Brien's character and Johnny Flynn's character who of course Johnny Flynn was in Emma and he's very different in this he's a he's a bad bad person but he's bad in an extremely charming way he's very handsome and <laughs> great and i'm normally kind of not that huge on mark rylance his sort of gimmick but this summer i really loved phantom of the open that was great and then i really thought this was great too so i guess i'm I'm becoming a convert to mark rylance evidently Um, but uh, this was a very well-written movie it the the it looks great it's very stylish obviously the clothing is really well done but the main uh the main strength is
1: this script that was very clever i thought yeah it makes me sad because this actually was at my local theater and i just did not have the time to see it and it makes me sad because I heard nothing but great things about it. And in terms of cast, in terms of mm-hmm. subject matter, this is something that's way up my alley. That's-
0: I think you'd like it. I, even, even if it's a bummer, you can see it on the big screen, you should watch it on Peacock.
1: Yeah, I'm going to make a point of it to watch it before the end of the year.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's your next?
1: So my next choice... Is from 2003, and it is called The Skulls. Now, this is another one that definitely is not beloved, but for some strange reason, I just like the general concept. It it stars the late Paul Walker, may he rest in peace. It tells the story of a college student who goes to—I want to say it is Yale. It's been a minute since I've seen it, so it's mm-hmm. uh, it's a bit hard to remember right now. But it's an Ivy League school. And this, and this young man learns of a secret society called the Skulls. If you join it, you get special privileges. It, it's, it's the very definition of a secret society. However, he slowly begins to learn that the secret society, well, it's a bit more sinister than he originally thought of. I, I definitely can see why people didn't like this, but I just, I like the mystery side of things. I like I like this kind of analyzation of like fraternities and, and sort of things like that. Like Paul Walker is in here, like I said, and it's sad that he is no longer with us because I think he actually does have some really good scenes here. And people only know him as like the tuna no crust guy from, from The Fast and the Furious, which I mean, he's good in those and that's what he's most known for. But in smaller movies like this, I think he has more than a few scenes where like, there's potential here, I like this. And the finale is uh, is actually really good here as well. It's basically the protagonist turning the skull tradition on its head. It's honestly quite cathartic. So like I said, it's not the greatest, but I just, I love this kind of stuff. This, there's intrigue, suspense, I thought it was well done for the subject matter that it is dealing with.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've never seen that one. I do remember that Roger Ebert wasn't a fan. I remember his review. That's the only thing I know about it, but, uh, but I've never seen it. So <laughs> that's interesting. All right. Well, my next choice is a Hallmark movie from way back. It's from 2009, which is like, ancient for Homework. It's called Before You Say I Do. And this stars David Sutcliffe, who was famous on Gilmore Girls, uh, playing Christopher on Gilmore Girls. And then Jennifer Westfeldt, who has been in a bunch of comedies. uh, uh, Kissing Jessica Stein, I think is one that she's in. Anyway, um, she, uh, friends with kids. Uh, She was, she used to be uh, John Hamm's girlfriend. They dated for a long time. Anyway, she's charming, sweet. Uh, but she had this horrible marriage where her husband wasn't faithful to her, and uh, she is very nervous about the idea about getting married again because she was had this really bad marriage. And uh, he, so he's engaged to her, but she's having cold feet. Uh, and so he ends up in a car crash where he wakes up from the car crash, and it's ten years previous. And it's the day before she's going to marry this guy that he knows is no good. And uh, so then he goes and tries to make everything right and convince her uh, so that she will want to marry him later on. And won't have this trauma that she's dealing with. And it's just a cute little rom-com. I uh, Lauren Hawley is in it. She's good. You can always count on her. Uh, and uh, I think David Suckcliffe and Jennifer Westfeld have nice chemistry. And they're I think they're pretty pretty good actors for this kind of tv movie uh and uh yeah it's fun i mean who doesn't like a time travel movie like this a time travel rom-com
1: <laughs> is this kind is it a spoiler to ask if it's kind of like the family man where it's like it's all a dream um
0: they, well it's 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 not a in the, because in the family man it's as if he's being given he doesn't go back in time it's more like, like Muriel's wedding or something like that, where they go back in time. Family man, he just, he's the same age as he is, but it's as if he had made this different decision,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know? Uh, but so uh, that's, I can't remember, honestly, if it's all a dream, how they all, how they all work it out at the end. It's been a little bit since I've seen this one, but, um, but yeah, that he, it's like a time, sh- they go, he goes back in time. Got it yeah so um what do you have next
1: so my final choice is from is from 1998 and it was directed by Sam Raimi and it is called for love of the game this stars Kevin Costner and it tells the story of well Costner who is a pitcher for the Detroit Tigers it's basically he's basically on the way out he's been underperforming for quite some time his girlfriend is breaking up with him it's a very rough time and so basically this movie follows him seemingly in what appears to be his final game as a pitcher and it turns out to be the greatest game that he's ever pitched i i don't want to say what the outcome is i don't know if that's a spoiler but it's uh it's basically the best game that a pitcher can do if you know if you know baseball. That's uh, hopefully it's not giving too much away. But uh it this is a weird one for Sam Raimi because people either know him for Evil Dead, Spider-Man, or recently Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. But he directed this and it's it's weirdly very entertaining. I I've said in the past that I'm not a big fan of like watching baseball on tv but i love going to baseball games like going in person and i like watching baseball movies and this is i wouldn't say this is like field of dreams good but it is definitely it's very entertaining it's it's like a last stand kind of movie where everybody doubts the person and it's up to the person to do it to show why he is in the position he is one more time this movie has kevin costner in it and People don't like him because his delivery is very dry, but I've always liked him as an actor. He's has, like, when he does turn it on, he's really, really good. Like, he's, like, there's several smaller movies of his that I've appreciated. Like, there's this Coast Guard movie called The Guardian, where he plays, basically, basically he becomes an instructor at the Coast Guard Academy and he mentors Ashton Kutcher. It's a very good movie that nobody talks about anymore. I recommend that one. There's a movie called draft day starring Ivan Reitman or not starring Ivan Reitman directed by the late Ivan Reitman. I've actually recommended it on the show a thousand years ago, but it is really good here too. And so, yeah, I really do quite enjoy this movie. My, my dad hates it because the team that Kevin Costner is facing is the Yankees who that that's his team. That was the team he grew up with and especially considering the movie was released in 1998 when the Yankees were hot as fire they won like they won the world series in 96 97 or i don't know if it was 97 but it was 96 98 99 and 2000 it was like they just couldn't be stopped for anything they had Derek Jeter they had Jorge Posada they just look up and down the the row it was and no one really liked them because they just kept winning everything. And my dad is like, the just crap on the Yankees. This movie sucks. And I'm like, sure, dad, I'm sure. <laughs> but but yeah, for love of the game, it's really good.
0: I mean, Kevin Costner, he's got those baseball movies down. I mean, yeah, Bull Durham and Phil's of Dreams and, dreams yeah. and this. Uh, so yeah, I guess he must be a pretty big baseball fan.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't put it past him.
0: Hmm. Uh uh so yeah, that was one of the first things I felt like coming out of the um pandemic is when they had that um they had that baseball game at the Field of Dreams uh Diamond. That yeah. was really cool. I mean to get me to watch a baseball game. That takes something. <laughs> <laughs>
1: definitely. Definitely.
0: <laughs> so well, my last pick is I met a stretch as far as hidden gem because a lot of people love this movie and it was popular enough to get a sequel but uh it's mama mia and you know me about musicals i love musicals <laughs> and i admit that pierce brosnan is not great in this uh they have no chemistry he's not a great singer i don't care <laughs> i like the songs i think they're really fun i'm a big abba fan so i enjoy that uh i like all of the certification porn of the of, of this island in greece how beautiful it looks uh, i think that uh that uh, christine bransky and julie walters are really fun as her best friends uh i i think it they work in the songs pretty well uh, for there's some that feel like a stretch for the for the for the moment but for the most part I think they do a pretty good job making this jukebox musical work and of course I mean Meryl Streep she's great I think that Amanda feels like she could be her daughter I really love the sequel too, Mamma Mia here we go again great and you've got Cher as as Meryl Streep's mother which I don't know how that ever happened <laughs> I mean I not, think, not that's gonna, pretty cl- not
1: I think they're pretty close. I think pretty close in age. <laughs> not gonna lie, the Fernando she did there was actually quite good.
0: Yes. can you hear the drums, Fernando. Fernando.
1: <laughs> you know, <laughs> if
0: you change your mind, I'm the first thing. <laughs> you know,
1: I um uh, I do like this movie. I I know I I'm probably way not the demographic for it. I do like this movie. I actually think the sequel is actually a bit better like I I've, mm. I've listened to way more of the songs from the sequel than the first one especially mm-hmm. uh, when I kissed the teacher that's somehow the earworm for me I don't yeah, know yeah that's
0: a fun number
1: that I and, I, that I actually
0: wow. I actually agree I think that this this sequel is probably stronger uh, I think the songs are not quite as iconic as the songs in this they're like digging a little bit deeper into the into the ABBA <laughs> songbook
1: yeah I, um I, I love uh, I love Waterloo I love um, yes. um andante andante I thought that was very good mm-hmm. Lily James is surprisingly a good singer yes, I don't know she if she's had this undercover all along but but I she's an excellent singer
0: Mhm yeah yeah that makes me want to get out that uh, that soundtrack That was a good that was good and they learned they didn't have Pierce Brosnan sing.
1: Oh geez. you know <laughs> Bless Pierce Brosnan. He was very good in, as a James Bond and GoldenEye, he's had many good performances. He cannot sing to save his boy. God bless him, he was trying.
0: They should have just dubbed him. I don't know why they didn't. It didn't make any sense. They should have just instead of have him sing like
1: that. He does have one of my favorite lines in the movie, though, when he says my sentiments exactly. I I can't tell you how many times I've used that gif just mm -hmm. in my daily life like when right. I agree with something I'll just put the gif of my <laughs> exactly. yeah.
0: super trooper let gonna That's find fine. yeah I really enjoy the music and I am a sucker for musical you know that and uh, there's very few that I don't enjoy
1: on some level <laughs> yeah and like I said, I'm definitely not the demographic for Abba, but you know what? There's more than a few. Like I can go off of one hand of Abba songs that I genuinely really yeah. like, especially when I'm like riding my bike and it's like, like, like Super Trooper does come on. I'm like, okay, this is this is hitting. <laughs> this is hitting did real you, strong.
0: Did you hear about this concert that they're doing in London? That's all through um, uh, holograms it's no, the I... yeah it's the um the ABBA people filmed as holograms or whatever and you go and you watch a full concert that's
1: just holograms oh I, I I've heard that they did that with like Tupac and Michael Jackson like mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm not sure if I'm ready for hologram concerts yet <laughs> I mean, for- well I mean
0: I, I that disturbs me because both those people are are past where yeah. it's less disturbing With the fact, I think all the ABBA people are still with us, so it's less disturbing to me. But yeah, I agree. I agree with a hologram of a dead person is creepy.
1: Yeah, I mean, with impersonators, I mean, it's an impersonator, you know, I like when they use the songs for like something or like use the songs for another thing, like something Mm -hmm. like that. Like I remember when my dad and I were on vacation in Chicago in 2014, we went to see Cirque du Soleil's, uh, they did a Michael Jackson themed. I can't remember the name of the show right now, but it was, um, it was all of Michael Jackson's songs or like his mm. big hits, but with Cirque du Soleil doing the, doing the backgrounds and the, all the flippy doos and the whole nine. And it was fantastic. Like one of like the, uh, the song, I can't just, I Just Can't Stop Loving You just became one of my favorite Jackson songs because of that. It was that version, they did it in I want to say French along with English. That's cool.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. they did I, I haven't seen I never been to Cirque du Soleil, but they also did one on the Beatles, I remember hearing about.
1: Uh, that was called Love. I I mm-hmm. have never seen that, but part of me wants to go to Vegas just to see some Cirque du Soleil shows. Mm-hmm. Because I saw the one in They did in Downtown Disney for years, and it's sadly no longer there. And I also saw the one in Chicago, like I just mentioned. Mm -hmm. So I just I hope I can go like just to see one of their original shows, like O and K, and I I, yeah think there's a couple of others.
0: That'd be fun. Well, let's go over our picks real quick. I have Pride and Prejudice two thousand and three. I have the bad guys. I have the outfit. I have Before You Say I Do. And I have Mamma Mia, the movie.
1: And I have The Shallows, Man on the Ledge, The Other Guys, The Skulls, and For the Love of the Game. Very good.
0: That is quite a variety. If you watched all 10 of these movies, you'd have (laughs) a lot lot of variety going on. Uh, You'd have a pretty fun night, I think. Mm-hmm. but uh but yeah let us know what you all are watching on peacock what you've been enjoying and if you've seen any of these films that we're talking about we'd love to hear your thoughts in the comment section or on twitter and ryan where can people find you
1: uh people can find me on facebook twitter instagram and letterboxd at ryancam cam 20 then there's of course my youtube channel which is just called ryan cam uh just over this past week i'm going to be dropping a life in the movies episode with my good friend Jacob Martin. We're going to be doing our August preview and talking about the Marvel stuff from Comic-Con just briefly. Uh, Our monthly previews are my favorite episodes to work on. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'll be seeing Lee the Super Pets. Uh, I hope it's good, but I have a feeling it's probably not going to be, but, you know, fingers and toes crossed (laughs) and all of that. And then... On this coming Sunday, I will be dropping my first reaction to The Crow from 1994. And so that there's all that. And then just some guest appearances. I'm going to be on the Chatter After podcast. We're going to be doing a deep dive into the Shawshank Redemption, one of my all-time favorites. I had a great time doing that with uh, Mike, the novice cinephile, and Brandon and Ivic and, and all of them going to be on the suit up geeks uh suspense thriller draft it's going to be done on wednesday night as a live stream i hope to win this time i've won three trivias but never a draft so i hope i win this time and then uh and then new announcement i'm a co-host on the league of cinephiles movie trivia under the lights and that has a bit of a weird schedule but i'm a co-host on that now and i've been having the time of my life and so On my social media i'll say hey i'm going to be co-hosting come by and say hey and watch the match it's really really cool and so that's very long plug but if you haven't checked me out please
0: do cool great yeah well you can uh, find me at rachel's reviews all of our social media itunes youtube and on run tomatoes check that out and uh, we have this week my podcast that i did when i have seen a hundred musicals since i got vaccinated And so that was fun with my friend Jack's just talking Broadway musicals. So you'll enjoy that on Wednesday. And then uh, I have this week, my family movie night patron pick is the Bishop's wife. And then next week we're doing the preacher's wife, uh, which is the remake. And so that that's really fun and then also next week is female film critics panel uh with cell spec uh and uh karen peterson uh so that will be really fun for y'all to hear i really thought it was a good discussion so uh i i am excited for everybody to hear that so yeah a lot of fun stuff going on a lot of fun stuff going on over homework podcast make sure to check that out And uh, please, uh, if you are listening to this episode on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. That helps so much. And if you are watching on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have the patron group and merch store. Lots of fun stuff going on over there. And uh, so please take a look. And uh, thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you all later. Bye, everyone.
1: Bye.